You've got the Upgraded Life Podcast. I'm the podcast host, Dr. Nick Sotelo. And in this episode, I'm going to bring you the one and only Kevin Gilroy. Kevin has a passion for helping college and pro athletes take everything that they've learned in their experience and in their trials as athletes and help them leverage that into a way to provide value to other people as they want to establish an income stream. Kevin really focuses on how to do that in one of four ways. If you want to know the details about that, you'll have to listen to the rest of the show. So buckle in, get ready to go on a ride with me and Kevin Gilroy and his project called Pro Athlete Academy. Hello, thanks for tuning in to the Upgraded Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Sotelo. The Upgraded Life is my personal project where I help people realize and reach their potential. I've been a professional helper for 20 years. Here's what I'm convinced of. The life that you have right now and the life that you want tomorrow is a product of your personal mindset, mission, and movement. Each episode of the Upgraded Life podcast is going to give you something that you can do as soon as the episode is over to upgrade your personal mindset. Your mindset informs your mission. Your mission tells you how to move every single day and together that is the upgraded life. All right, we are here with another episode from the Upgraded Life podcast. I'm your host as always, Dr. Nick Sotelo, and I have with us today, Kevin Gilroy, and his project is called Pro Athlete Academy. I'm excited to have him on the show so that he can tell us all about what he is up to and how he's helping people. And he's got a very specific niche. He's helping people in a specific way and he's drawing on his own experience and background in athletics. And I just love kind of how you're bringing those two things together, entrepreneurship and athletics, and really showing people how they can use that sports background to the varying degrees that people have gone you know, through college and beyond to the ranks of the pros and how they can actually leverage that to be an entrepreneur when, when the sports side of it kind of uh, winds down for them. So Kevin, I hope that I got some of that on target. If I didn't feel free to correct me, but uh, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, introduce us to uh, yourself and, and what you're about and what pro athlete Academy is all about. Absolutely. And thanks for having me on. It's been, it'll be fun. So, um, Really, I grew up, sports was everything and everything, right? So um, it was day, morning, night, school kind of for me. And if there's any parents listening, don't take this advice, but it really kind of was secondary, right? Um, I was a good enough student that whether it was a good or bad thing, I was able to get the grades that I needed in order to get to whatever level I wanted. Um, and sports was really my ticket to get to like the next level, right? I, I was fine through high school. I was going to pass. I was going to get into a good, a decent college, right? And at the end of the day, um, was able to make the networks, but sports was really my ticket and was really everything I knew growing up. So I grew up in Long Island, New York, um, played all across, hockey, you name it, we've done it. I got a huge family, one of eight kids, um, four boys and four girls, again, all super competitive and athletes. So 
that background is just kind of setting up what eventually becomes pro athlete Academy. Right. Sure. So we get through, we get to college. Um, it's been 25 years of sports. That's it. And then college ends. My playing career is over. And now what? Right. And for the past seven years or so, it's been kind of navigating those waters and figuring it out. And I had it lucky because I ended at the end of college. I was fresh out and I was able to start getting experience, was able to go to grad school and able to kind of get momentum into um, kind of a corporate job while I figured out what I wanted. A lot of guys don't get that. A lot of people who then go on to play professionally, they're playing sports until they're 30, 35, 40. And then that college degree, if they even got it, is stagnant because it's 20 years ago. Okay, great. You graduated from a school like Harvard, but you're 40 years old. You have no work experience. Now what do I do? And it's kind of a reset back to, all right, now I got to be an intern somewhere unless I know someone that gets me up the chain. So what I ended up figuring out what I wanted to do at Pro Athlete Academy was it started off as helping people become sports skill development coaches um, and building an online training program. And what I figured out from there was, is that that space was a little bit crowded. So I still have it there. And I just expanded it out from hockey to everything. So the whole premise of the program is to take the knowledge that I was able to get from graduate school in 10 years in the corporate world. And then leverage the people that I knew who did make the transition into sports businesses and then bridge that gap for athletes to go from leveraging what you already know from playing and then turning that into either a successful corporate career or a successful entrepreneurship career. Awesome. <clears throat> One thing that you said that I really liked, cause I think it, it's an example of, you know, just how somebody can look at, what's happened to them and their perspective really kind of changes everything. But you looked at your sports career stopping at college as an opportunity, right? Because it allowed you then to kind of finish up your schooling and, and, and allowed you to get into the corporate world and and go on and get a master's degree. So versus some people, you know, if they, again, if they have that dream of going pro and then it doesn't happen, well, there's no plan B or, or they don't see it as an opportunity. So I, I like that part where you're like, I actually kind of had a leg up because I was done, you know, at college and I didn't find myself late thirties, early forties, and then having to figure out this thing, you know, with 15 years down the road. So I, I really appreciate the way you kind of looked at that. Absolutely. And that's a huge thing too, is being able to realize it. And I got that from my father. Um, my father was a played college basketball at St. John's was drafted into the NBA. And after school, um, he ended up having bad knees, right? So his knees weren't going up, may or may not have been from a talent level there, right? He really kind of grinded his way and was that type of player, right? He was going to run through a wall for you. Um, And he was just banged up. And he said, you know what, I, I could do this. I can bounce around. I can try to make it. But he had the awareness to step down. And I think that allowed us even when he never even said anything, I just remember that. I remember that when he saw the finish line that he was able to then transition into something else and be very successful, probably more successful in all ways than if he was an NBA athlete. Mm -hmm. So when I did get there, there was no pressure from 
him to continue going. Um, my, I, I saw what the life was like through my brother who played in the NHL and a few other professional leagues. Um, and I saw what it took. And when I got to my senior year, it was kind of, are the opportunities there? Yeah. You can play anywhere. You can find something. I can go over to Europe and play in some league. But at the end of the day, it was the writing on the wall was I didn't want to put, I, I was, I was done. It's just, I didn't want to put in the effort and the work that it would needed to take in order to compete and perform at that type of level. So it was time to, like you said, it was an opportunity to redefine it. Now, does it stop there? Does it still linger in the back of your head that, hey, I was an athlete for all these years? No, it doesn't go away because that's your identity. But at the same time, you can it buys you the, the opportunity to make a transition without seeing it as the end of the world. Sure. And just for curiosity's sake, who who drafted your dad? Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers, nice. Yeah, I think he was he graduated eighty-one or eighty-two, like right around there. So um yeah, he was right before he played for like Luke Conaseca and he was right before Mullen huh. came into to the picture. Nice. Yeah. So I, it's another, you know, curious or not curious, but just um fact, right, is that part of you being able to transition the way that you did was because your dad did it. Right. And so you had, you had that platform, you had that sounding board for you. And then I can't help but think that, I mean, you know, full well that not every, you know, potential athlete or pro athlete or anybody kind of in that same circumstance isn't going to have the same sounding board. So I can't help but think that you are providing that in this, this entity that you've created, you know, um, within the pro athlete Academy, like you're basically providing that, that sounding board, that, that mentor, that guide, that, not, not everybody who um, was as lucky as you to have that in your father. Right. And it's, it's more of a message of like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay that it didn't work out. And if you look at the numbers, right. and even if you made right. it, even if you made it to college, you're less than 1% of the population right. who played the sport to ever play that right. far, but you don't see it like that. And you see your other, even if you played at the high level, you're seeing your buddies go on to play and you see in everything else. But it's just giving the opportunity to say it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I really think it's, it's a fear factor when you're looking at it to go back to kind of when we were talking about guys who are playing or even to college, right? I did, I went to college to play hockey. I, I didn't go to college to go to school. Mm-hmm. It was, I did well enough to get my stuff that I needed to get done. But when hockey ended, it could easily been like, okay, now I'm starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. Like you're entering in a brand new field, you're going into a brand new set of rules and competition. And I think that's where a lot of guys get held up. It's not necessarily that they're holding on to a dream, even though some people are. I think for the vast majority, it's more of nervous as to what comes next and nervous that, hey, I'm going to now be, I was the top 1% in college hockey. Now I'm going to be the bottom one percent at some company that now that's huge, and I need to figure out how to get back to that top one percent, mm-hmm. and that could be very daunting for people, and it's, it was daunting for me, and still is. And, and is that how you kind of um, describe your circumstance, where you're going from the top one percent to the bottom one percent in in the corporate world? Was that your lived experience? Yeah, I mean, you went from playing in front of six thousand people a night 
you, I mean, I played at Fenway in front of 30,000. You do all these types of things. You win a national championship. You got name recognition. Yeah. You just got everything right. right? You're getting free stuff. People are, you sign autographs, then it ends. Right. And then you're an associate level kid filling out spreadsheets for some (laughs) sales guy in, in an office for eight hours a day and no one, no one cares. Right. I mean, the, the, high, the connections in the network helped to get in there. But at the end, of the, like whatever you did for those 25 years anymore, it goes away. Yeah, what, it's gone. What have you done for me lately? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and, it, and it, it helps. It looks good in the resume and all that. But if you got 15 years of professional sports on your resume, it's a great talking point. But if like, say if I was like, you're looking back and I'm hiring for, my role at the bank and I see 15 years of experience. Great. Like I I want athletes on my team, but I I can't put you in a position to go out and talk to a client and about the markets over in Asia, because you don't know the markets over in Asia. Like you have to start at the lowest level possible to get up to that point. So when you say you want athletes on your team, why is that? Is it just because you're an athlete or what do you see that's a advantage for somebody who has an athletic background in their resume? I'm definitely comfortable with athletes. Um, so that I'm sure there's a bias there. So I want to say that sure. right out front, yeah. but the reason why is a few, right? If they, if they're coming in and they're young and right out of college they're you know that they're going to be coachable. So you know that mm-hmm. you're going to give them, like, you're going to give them a task and they're going to, they're going to get it done, mm-hmm. right? They, they know their role on the team and that's good for the day-to-day. But also if you give them constructive feedback to get better, to increase their role, they're coachable and they're not going to look at you as someone who's putting them down or get upset mm-hmm. about it. They're going to show up, they're going to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And then that's the other, the, from an individual side is that you know you're going to get somebody who has faced adversity at some point in their life they were down two goals at some point. Right. They were down three, nothing in the bottom of the ninth and came back yeah. and won things like that. Um, so when mm-hmm. something simple as Excel shuts down and your spreadsheet goes away, which that's the, <laughs> in the court and like, that's the end of the world at the associate level, right? right? You're not going to panic. You're going to get things done. Or as you get up, you lose a couple million dollar deal or a big client leaves um, or, a system shuts down and you can't get things out to the market and it's just a mess, you're going to become cool and collected mm-hmm. and not going to fly off the rails. Yeah. And that's a very big thing that you get from athletes. Mm-hmm. So the coachability piece, and then that they faced adversity, you can guarantee that every athlete that you potentially run into has both of those. Right. And I think those are <clears throat> the other thing that I would add too um, is, you know, athletes, they play banged up too. Right. <laughs> You know, absolutely. There's a difference between being at least my coaches, you know, the difference between being hurt and injured. Are you hurt or you're injured? You know, and oh yeah. And uh it's like the leg is a long way from the heart, like Herb Brooks. <laughs> but I like what you're talking because you you know, again, you you kind of mentioned early on in this, you know, parents, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but you know, I went to high school and college to play sports and that was kind of the driver. It wasn't necessarily the education. And people kind of you know, I live in a neighborhood here where I'm at, where there's, there's, there's the sports families and there's definitely not the sports families, but to listen to you talk about 
what potentially sports is instilling in people, right? That how do you face adversity? I mean, how do you play to to the last second? You know, e- even though you may be behind or or whatever, right? I mean, th- those are all valuable skills that do translate to other parts of of life. That I I don't know I, I don't know that you get those in the same way um, through other things. I mean, I mean, obviously the sports experience is unique, but I just, for me, it really clicks. You know, I couldn't, you know, in COVID land that we're all living with, and we were just talking before we rolled this and we're kind of embracing the fact that sports for uh, 2021 is going to look way different than it ever has. And so we're lamenting that and trying to adjust to that with our own kids. But it is that idea that um, sports is more than about winning and losing, you know, ranks and all that kind of stuff that at its, at its bottom line, you know, the people that are in it for the right reasons really are learning skills that translate well beyond um, whatever the game it is that they're playing. I'd agree with that 100%. It's and a couple of things popped into my head. And one of the things too, is if you're approaching sports that you're like from the win loss perspective, and I, I mean, it's a different topic when you people get into you got to win, you got to win and participation. It's not about any of that. Because at the end of the day, everyone fails eventually <laughs> right. meaning that it's going to end yep. you can have five stanley cups five nfl rings all that stuff but eventually like tom brady right eventually age is going to catch him and he's going to succumb to the end of his career it's just the way it is and a lot of what sports have done for me for me right that i don't think i would get in the classroom or if i went other routes is that it's i played team sports so it, it's, you learn people, mm-hmm. you learn how to interact. You, you yeah. learn a ton of different people at, at very different ages. You, you just from playing in the backyard and figuring it out and you just learn. So you learn how to talk to people and you figure that out and then you get taught how to think. Mm-hmm. So you get taught like a structure of how to think and then they let you go within, sure. a, within the amount of rules. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to, probably base everything if I have an analogy off a of hockey. Sure. But if you go into a hockey rink, you have certain rules that you have to play by or you get a penalty, right? Like there's icing, there's everything that you have to do. And you get taught, all right, you have to play within these rules. But then if you're within them, you can do whatever you want, right? You can be as creative as you right. want. You can do whatever you want. Just stay within these lines. Cool. Now I know where my boundaries are and I get to think. If you transition that over into the corporate world or entrepreneurship, there's laws and regulations depending on the industry and what you're doing that you have to follow. But when you're in the middle, you can think and be creative and invent and innovate any which way you want. If you are sitting and learning linear just in school and you're learning from a textbook and the academics and everything else, you're only learning kind of the one linear way of thinking. So when something comes in that you have to pivot, it's going to take a little bit longer. Now an athlete comes in, you get hit. The next thing you know, okay, now instead of going outside, I'm going inside. And now you have a breakaway. So it's those types of things of being able to think and then being able to read people. If you're able to do those two things, the rest you can learn. You can learn anything you want, read a book, go on YouTube. But if you can't think and you can't talk to people, you can't sell and you can't go anywhere. Yeah, I really like that, that your emphasis on people skills because it's very true. And you also... Um, it's your coaches too. I mean, you, you've, you've been, you know, in front of a lot of different coaches and every coach is different and you have to learn to adjust to, you know, what, what they're looking for, just like 
a boss, right? You, you shift from yeah. one boss to the next boss or supervisor and, and everybody's going to have a different thing that's important to them, a different angle on the, the topic. And you can either, you know, fight it or you can embrace it, learn it and, and ride with it or, you know, you know what I mean? So, so I like, I like that, how you, um, teed up people skills as a, as a big part of being in team sports as well. And it doesn't even have to be sports, right? It's just sports for me. Right. That was my, my grades weren't, I was never going to be a 4.0 plus student. So I was never separating myself through academics. I, they're important. They're, I get it, right? Sports was for me. It could be you're in the band or you're in an orchestra and you're one of 10 violinists. Right. You have to be able working in unison yeah. and know the people and be able to talk and follow instructions from different conductors and those types of things. You can be in drama. Like that could be your thing. It could be chess. It could be anything, sure. right? Anything that extracurricular that gets you to be able to think outside of the linear, just learning and memorizing will give you an advantage. And it also gives you that separation just to get to the next level. Because mm -hmm. not most of us, except like the very the very top again, 1% might be differentiating themselves with grades or going into the world of entrepreneurship and everything with a huge advantage. Most of us are start, are going to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So you need to be able to take advantage of anything that you can to be able to give you that differentiation. Absolutely. So athlete in high school, hockey, athlete in college, hockey, senior year, you're realizing this is, this is the, the last dance, right? This is the end of the road for you there. Um, how, how do then you get to the spot to, you go in the corporate world, tell me how you bridge from that and then start up this thing that's, that's called pro athlete Academy. What, what was that about? Yeah. So senior year, it was, I, I was the third or fourth line guy, um, kind of in and out of the lineup. Was a role player. Um, don't not downplaying myself, but that was kind of I was able to see the writing on the wall. Um, senior year, so I was able to. I really didn't. I'm talking like I knew what I was doing after that. I kind of just followed where I kind of went, and grad school became an opportunity. So I went to grad school, and I actually went for sports management. It it flowed really well. Um, so I was able to get a sports management degree along with the MBA. So. Um, and was able to do it quickly within a year and a half. Nice. So I was like, all right, so instead of playing, I can do this, um, enjoy a little bit of downtime while I figure out what I want to do. And then I eventually moved back. That was down in Florida. So I moved back to Boston and then I went through a couple of networks from my playing days. I was able to land a job um, at a large institutional bank. Um, that's still where I am today. And probably I would say the, the genesis of Pro Athlete Academy probably started in, I moved out to, I moved out West in 2015, 2016. And at then I was really gung ho about climbing the ladder. I, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be an EVP at this place. I'm going, I'm going. Um, and then it's, it's funny um, what happens when you have a child, but then <laughs> my wife got pregnant and Kenzie was born. And when Kenzie was born, it was, I don't want to be at the office as much. Right. Um, and maybe this isn't the thing that I actually love to do. And it made you just think. So as I started thinking, I was like, all right, what would I love to do every day? And what could I build that would afford me the lifestyle that I wanted? Which went from, doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you have money to help your family to, it matters what you're doing. I want to be with my right. family. 
and I want to be able to be successful enough to give them and be a part of what I'm giving them. So it landed into skill development training and it took about two, I did a bunch on the side two to three years down the line. Now looking back with COVID coming in, if I started it then I'd be in a lot different place right now. Um, I kind of saw that this was going early. I just didn't execute on it. Um, And then when I got into it about six to six months to a year ago, I realized that teaching was what I always loved to do. It just wasn't skills. Mm -hmm. I I didn't love going to the rink every day or the field every day and teaching for 10 hours and standing on my feet all that time. Um, Really sometimes, and you have to fill in, you have your key clients, right? Who are the superstars who are, have a shot at getting to college or the NHL or whatever it may be. And you're excited about that. But a lot of your time is with younger kids just learning how to skate. And that's just not, not that that's a problem. It's just, I, that wasn't me. Right. Um, and as I went through it and I started the podcast and started having conversations, everything went to after, after sports. And there was a huge gap. And I was like, you know what? I'm seven years out and I saw the writing on the wall and I'm still kind of struggling with where I want to mm-hmm. be. Just imagine what a guy or a girl is like after playing for 40 years mm-hmm. and restarting. So then Pro Athlete Academy kind of transformed into this business type coaching, um, bringing in as many guys as I can with examples. Um, and then eventually it'll turn into more of what we were mentioning before being that mentor sounding board for people, not only to be it's okay, but here's exactly what you can do. Right. Here's exactly the stamp print, right? It's not, Oh, right. Write this, do this, do that. It's like, okay, how do I do that? Sure. And it's just, here it is. I'm going to hold your hand for nine to 12 months. We'll talk after that, but I'm going to get you going on whatever you want to do and create that opportunity for you to be successful. Yeah. Love it. I know I'm in my area with, with my boys that are, we're a baseball family. And so, you know, they play club baseball. And so I've, I get to see, you know, the various clubs and, you know, most of them are owned and operated by either, you know, pro athletes, pro, pro uh, MLB players uh, or, you know, successful college players. And what I see, and I'm sure there's way more to it. Right. And when they hear this, if they hear it, they're going to, they're going to want to smack <laughs> me around, but I mean, they get to still be engaged in, in a sport that, that they love and they get to do it, you know, seasonally according to what they're used to, but then they develop these, you know, these baseball academies. Right. Yep. But then they get the rest of the year to do whatever they want. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm like, you know, uh, and they're not the ones doing, you know, the, the ones that are, you know, well-established and, and kind of have a brand. I mean, it isn't that one person who started it. That's doing, you know, all of the, all the grind and they, they attract other people there to, to, to do it, you know, according to their program and whatnot. But you know, I got to hand it to them. Right. I mean, uh, they could choose to look at that as all, Oh, I didn't make it or I didn't go as far as I wanted to, or like, like you did, they can see it as an, as an opportunity. And, and what can I do with all that experience and knowledge that I have? Yeah. You nailed it right in the head there. It's you just, you have so much that other people want yeah. right? you have the knowledge that, how did you get there? Yeah. Even just sharing your story. Like nowadays, everyone loves, tuning into whatever's on social media and YouTube. And it's a lot with like, if you think about what I look at is a lot of stories of how did you get there? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to look at a podcast, it's, it's how is that? How'd you do it? Sure. 
how'd you get there? And you have that story. And I think it's you, when you're in it, you think it's the whole world. So it's huge. And then when you're out, you can kind of take If you can take a step back and look at it, like guys do who are able to leverage it into those cool academies and tournament teams or the training and, and it just works. Mm -hmm. It doesn't screw up your schedule. You're able to stay in it. And even if you do work a full-time job on the side or during those off years, it's just an awesome benefit that you can still get, be involved within the sport. Sure. So who are some folks that you look up to that are, you know, former pro athletes that are really kind of, um, you know, set the pace for you or they're the examples of, yeah, I want to be able to show people how to do this. Who are those folks for you that you look up to? Yeah, I think it's a good question. And I think a lot of them are probably not the people who've made it to the NHL. Mm -hmm. So they're, or the professional ranks. It's actually the, and you mentioned it a little bit before it's, it's the college players who've gone on. So one guy who I, who I played with personally, Eric Griba, he ended up playing in the, with the Oilers for a little bit. So it's a little bit of a, but he's, a, he's a, not a big superstar. He wasn't able, but he was able to leverage his love for hunting and cooking, mix it into hockey and then develop a following enough while he was playing around those two passions that he had. And then when he was done, he was off and running. So he had, he was playing, he was playing, he loved it, but he had the awareness that, you know what, these are really the two things that are going to take me, go take me here. Um, and he was able to leverage things like they were playing the ducks in the playoffs and he had a video that went viral about him frying a duck, right? How do I fry it? Like he went out, he hunted, he killed, he got a duck, he came back, fried it and it went nuts. And that's where he built his brand. So people like that. And I really look up to just, just the people who, who just did it. Mm -hmm. And I've had a couple of them who I've probably haven't looked up to until now. And I just talked to them on the podcast, guys who developed brands and, and took a, an idea of a product. Um, I have one coming out with this individual who created targets, right? And he wanted to make better targets for shooting to make people better. And he had this idea in his head. He knew what he wanted and then he got to work and then all of a sudden it came. There it was. Now he has a product and he's selling it and he's doing what he loves. Nice. Like those are the type of stories that I look up to that I just, I just see it because there's so much when you're sitting in sports every athlete knows there's something about the sport that angers you, right? There's something about it. Like in hockey, you tape the top of your stick and then it rips and it's, it's a pain to rip off the tape. It's a pain to retape it. So everybody who played could look at that and say, how do I make this better? Somebody did that and is now running a business that's doing very well. Nice. Right. So if I'm able to find those stories that inspire me, and then be able to grab the people who are getting to that point and help them make that transition. That's what my focus is. Absolutely. Yeah. And another thing that you said uh, a little bit ago that I was trying to, to recall and I just did and you know, the, the work that I do as a, as a life coach is trying to get people or trying to, to show people that you don't have to have it all figured out in order to, to get going. Right. And that really you're going to learn more by taking action and, and failing and then readjusting and then taking action again than you will trying to make it 
perfect, you know, from the get go, because if you try to make it perfect from the get go, you're just wasting that much time to where you actually could be getting something in motion. So when you said where you started out thinking that you're going to be teaching, you know, hockey skills and that was what you were going to do and then realized that that wasn't the ticket. Right. But then you, then you started thinking, okay, Oh, there's this whole other thing that I could be doing, but you probably wouldn't have gotten there if you were, had waited for the perfect idea to, to execute and employ. You, you had to take that first action to figure out like, yeah, that's not it, but here's what might be it. So I, I love that you showcase that, that, you know, action. Uh, one of the people I look up to in, in my, in my uh, area, he, he talks about how, you know, action is superior to intellect and, and, and taking action is, is where we're going to learn the most about uh, who we are and what we're about and, and what's going to work for us. So I, I like that part of your story. And it goes back to sports too. And I, everything sports <laughs> in this episode. I'm so. with you, yep. <laughs> if you haven't, but it's, it's the same thing. It, it teaches the lesson, right? If you don't, if you wait to be able to throw a baseball, you never learn to throw a baseball. If you don't take three or four pitches off the head, head being a catcher, you're never going to catch right. it. Right. <laughs> So you're never going to be 100% ready where you start and your game evolves over time in general. So that's what you learn in sports. You learn to, you start it, you figure it out. Okay, that didn't work. Now you go back and you, you do it again. And even when you're within games, right? right. I, you, you come up on a goalie, you, you, you're trying to, you go glove. Okay, that didn't work. Now I'm going to act like I'm going glove and go low blocker or he hit a took me yard on a fastball. Now I'm going to throw a change up. It, it gives you that yeah. dynamic. And that is a huge piece. Another one to going back to another question you had that athletes have, you have that ability. And if you can just take that out of people, because then they're going into the business world and they're unsure of themselves. They don't have the 25 years anymore of experience to go back sure. on. And same with just people who didn't play sports. You don't you have experience doing other things and you want to be perfect, just go because we all think we're the center of our universe too. When you first start, I mean, chances are not many people are watching. So if you do do something stupid, you're going to get away with it, yeah. right? You're able to, to pivot again. Yeah. So um, yeah, action is awesome. I think one of the things that I tell myself every day is I'm going to keep moving forward. So it's every single day. It doesn't matter if I move an inch, a centimeter, a mile. Like it's yeah. just something is going to get pushed forward every single yeah. day. Are you familiar with that? The concept or the book three feet from gold? I have not. Yeah. It's um, I haven't read the book yet, uh, but I'm familiar with the story and I was familiar with the story before I knew it was a personal development uh, book, but uh, it links back to, um, the gentleman that created the first kind of subterranean gold mine, gold ore um, excavator. And he put all this stuff together, engineered it and started, you know, started digging and didn't, didn't hit gold and basically ran out of money and quit. And this other, this other guy was watching him do it. And at first he thought he was crazy, but then he thought it actually might work. And so he kind of went up to him after he heard he was quitting and said, how much will you sell this thing for me? And he's like, I basically sold it to him way cheaper than what he, what he paid for it and 
kept digging in the exact same line that he was in three more feet and hit one of the biggest you know, gold veins that was oh. ever discovered at that time. Right. <laughs> that idea of three feet from gold. Right. So, so like what you were saying, even if I move forward a centimeter, it, that centimeter may be the centimeter that, that helps you hit gold. Yeah. You never know when it's going to click, right? It's the same thing. You never know when the work you're putting in is all of a sudden going to happen. Right. Like it, you you can guarantee you can a hundred percent guarantee yourself you're not going to get it done if you don't do anything. Absolutely, <laughs> but you're going to guarantee yourself that at some point this is going to happen, right? If I'm practicing, mm. if I'm practicing speaking or I'm practicing some type of skill, right. if I don't do anything, I'm never going to get Absolutely. better. But if I keep doing something, eventually I'm going to become that thing, yeah. and then I can move on to the next. You know, one of the things I learned from my grandfather was there was not a ton that I take away from him, but he used to always say, you can't catch a fish unless your line's in the water. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love the old, ana- I love the analogies. Right. Yeah. Just go all day long. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have a podcast? Yes, Tell I do. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the podcast, Pro Athlete Academy podcast, it's a mixture of a few different things. So we have... I bring on interviews of guys who, whether or not you're in the sports world or not, so we focus. I really focus on um, four pillars of of different areas. So it's helping athletes become trainers, mostly in the skill development field, um, to be more of a social influencer. Um, that's one of the things that we're gearing up. The other one is around podcasting and writing. So books and things like that being published. Um, And then the fourth area is transitioning into a corporate nine to five. So we don't just focus on entrepreneurship or anything there. Um, It's kind of the four pillars that we work on. Um, And also within the entrepreneurship bucket, we focus on products and services. So people making, like I said before, like the targets, things like that. Um, And I bring one set of episodes is focused on bringing in people who have done those things. So those are the interviews. Those are the big hitters and everything you want. Um, Talk about just my beliefs on the sports industry in general. I love it. follow it. Um, I follow it from a lens of a business perspective. So um, like looking at the leagues, what they're doing, looking at players, how they're building brands and just giving my two cents and what people can do. And the third one that I've recently come into, cause I've had a few people and another big thing that um, is really surprising is if you want to make it to a professional league, being an athlete's not the only way to get there. Um, my video coach in college, um, he was done playing after high school, was able to be a video coach for the hockey team. He ended up four years working with the predators and went on a Stanley cup run with the Bruins. Wow. <laughs> So he made it where we all were trying to, and he wasn't even a player. Um, and there's tons of stories like that. So it's, it's also giving people just the ability to stay within sports in some way. So if you were an athlete in high school, if you were an athlete in college, if you just played pickup at the local rec league, doesn't matter. You can listen to the podcast and you'll be able to, like I said before, we're not, I'm not giving fluff. It's, this is you want to start a product. Okay. This is exactly how you figure out how to do manufacturing. Mm-hmm. This is exactly how you figure out how to do patents, nice. things like that. Mm-hmm. So that when people listen, they have kind of a step-by-step process sure. to then go, all right, I can do this. Yeah. I don't have to figure it out. 
it's given to you. Then once you do that, what you do with it, after you get everything set up, that's what you do with it, right? Yeah. Now it's on you, but at least I can help you in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And how long has your podcast been going? A couple months now. Mm-hmm. So we've been we've been going. I it was kind of spontaneous when we did it. Um, and it was similar to how just get up and get running. Um, I, I pushed it off for a while. I was trying to figure out how am I going to get guests, get the perfect spot. And then I was like, you know what? I know a couple people. Let me just fire out an email. Yeah. A couple people came on and then I was saying, you know what? I got things to say. Mm-hmm. So let's record a couple solos and it's fun. I really, at, the, at this point, it's just fun. It's a lot of joy speaking to guys. I connected with people I've known for years on a completely different level, right? Like I was talking about Griba before. We had a conversation that we never talked about. And it was nice to see that side of him and just get to know him a little bit better. Sure. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, and we're just going to keep it continuing. Sure. So you've, you're a father now too, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. How many kids do you have? Yeah. Two, Two, boy and a girl. So three and then um, KJ is about 10 months now. Wow. Three and ten months, you got your your hands full. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't come running out of the room. But yeah, the um, everything's been great, and it's really it's everything's the catalyst from there, right? Um, and really, what you're setting up too through this all. I mean, I, I want to serve, I want to help as many people as I can, but I'd be lying to tell you it's not for selfish reasons yeah. either, um, especially around my children, yeah. right? I want to give them a blueprint. So that when they want to get into sports, I have connections to help them get into sports. Or when they want to know something about their father or figure it out, that they have something sitting there that they can listen, they can learn. Um, And even if they don't like hearing my voice in person all the time, at least they can figure it out in their ears and hear it from other people as well. Yeah. So you you see your podcast in as a way of uh, having an enduring resource for for your own kids then? Absolutely. And I, I, I want to steer them to, if they want to get into sports, I want to give them the opportunity to the best people possible. Um, if they want to be entrepreneurs, I want to give them the best information possible. Um, and it's, and one of the podcasters who I, Tim Ferriss says it all the time. I mean, he does things for him. He fixes problems that he wants to solve for himself or the closest two to three people to him. Nice. And then from there you'd figure out that, that problem probably helps a large percentage of the population goes back to say, I was saying before with the butt ends of a stick, right? That was a problem that the guy who probably, who did it probably wanted to solve it for himself, but by solving it for himself, he solved it for every single (laughs) hockey player on earth. Probably would solve it for other things that have uh, uh, grip tape on it too. He just got to figure out how to put it into different applications. Yeah, like the old saying, like if you have a question, someone else probably has the same one. So it's it's been a lot of fun, and <clears throat> anything I can do to help <clears throat> yeah. them with their journey a little bit easier than mine, I'm willing to do it. You know what happens if you add another kid to your mix? Gotta go back to zone. There defense. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that's my to my everybody asks my. Um, dad so his big thing when coming up in basketball was everything was man to man right he didn't like his own defense he's it's just old school yeah. right and everyone used to ask him why why don't you like playing zone he's like i play too much of it at home <laughs> uh, yeah yeah 
we I have the two boys, and that's the same thing, man. If you you add an odd number or more than two, then you're you're going zone defense. <laughs> yeah, it's a, and I I mean more power too. I get have the respect from my parents with the eight kids. I <laughs> eight kids. If I added one, even like people with three kids. I you add one, especially now yeah. with just everyone wheeling and dealing under like three, and now KJ starting to move yeah. so. You get eight of us going well at one point it was eight of us under the age of 16 wow. so no one could drive wow so where where so are you at was, amongst your siblings in, in terms of order third oldest the third oldest wow yeah, yeah. And that says something when they got five more underneath you right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so it matters right yeah. so are some of them so not like uh, in high school still then so everyone's out my sister my brother's playing uh hockey oh, wow. in college wow. now and then my sister's pro- Caitlin's like a sophomore going to be a junior. Wow. So, and everybody's in a variety. It's funny. Cause like now everyone's at different stages, right? Yep. Like we're all having kids right. and all that. My, right. my brother, like my brother and sister is still in, are still in college. So they're enjoying themselves mm-hmm. and figuring things yeah. out. And then my middle sisters are just getting into their jobs yeah. and building their careers. So they're like moving out and figuring out how to, live life on their own and all that so it's fun so you're blazing a trail for your siblings too to some extent potentially yeah yeah i'm a a little i am a little bit different Mm -hmm. um what i'm trying to do i think that um i've always been that way i've always been a little bit on the outside of the thinking that we usually push through um whether that was conscious or subconscious it just I was, I was more reserved and quiet. So I just watched. Yeah. I didn't really attack or get involved. I just kind of sat back and observed and let things go. So I really figured out how to, how to, how to think and create my own opinion within a big group. And I think that's important. And that's what we're doing now. I my, and this is, I, I look to my dad for the amount of work that he did and how much he put in. He gave us everything. Yeah. Um, the success and what he was able to do for us um, with eight kids is borderline ridiculous, right? right. It's just like, how did you do it? But it came at a cost, right? And and that cost was worth it. Um, we are all successful and we're all on the right path. Um, but that lifestyle was something that I just didn't want. And I, and I knew that about myself. Mm-hmm. And if I can, like I said before, like it's okay right? You get that line. It's okay. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Right? If I can be that voice for athletes around there who are trying to make a change or even for my siblings, if, if they are going down a path that, you know what, I really don't want to. And they're like, I really love to do this. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they can look to me and say, you know what, that's okay. Yeah. And I can lean on him, him and his love and his knowledge to be able to make that jump. Yeah. Love it. Th- thanks for letting me ask you about your, your personal life there. Yeah, no worries. I'm an open book. Okay, perfect. Well, as you know, because we've talked before uh, a couple of different times, you know, I like to focus in on, on the concept of mindset on this show and the way that I work with people as a coach, I really think it, it all comes back to mindset. Not that mindset equates to skill. I've been listening to somebody else's take on it, Craig Beck, <laughs> but you can have all the skill in the world, but if you have a mindset of um, scarcity or a mindset of this isn't going to work out or you're just afraid, then the skill isn't going to get you to where you need uh, either. So when you hear that word in concept mindset, Kevin, how do you define it? What does it mean to you in your world? 
mindset for me, and you can take it a few ways, but the big one is what you do when you get punched in the face. <laughs> and it's like Mike Tyson's like everyone has a plan to get punched in the yeah. face. So your mindset, when everything's going good, everybody has a good mindset. So if, if you are going through a time of positive, you're winning and all that stuff, and you got a great mindset, that's good, right? It's something that you want to have. Um, but you really figure out and you know what your mindset is when um, this, the, the deck of cards is stacked against you yeah. and really what you do, because that's when the negative comes in. That's when the things that can really hinder you starts to play in your brain. Yeah. So can you, if you have the mindset and you work on your mindset, it's being able to stay focused on that bigger goal while you're going through like the adversity. So I love that. Um, and I think that quote actually um, stems back to general Patton is I think it's a Patton. Really? Quote. Yeah. Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like what, and it, there's a, there's a ton of them. And the other one I love too, that I just recently heard um, was from Jocko from his, I think his extreme ownership was the enemy gets a vote. Yeah. So no matter what you do with the planning right. and all that, it doesn't matter right. because the enemy has something to say about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. So for you, mindset is um, staying focused on a, on a, on a goal, even when things get tough. Yeah. It, it's being able to, to just keep moving forward every day, no matter what. Right. And if you have something stacked, a negative thought that you're able to go, all right, I, I have this goal of building a successful business or if you want to do something more tangible, like you have a goal for like a goal of losing weight or getting in better shape, you know what you need to do every day, but you're not going to, you're not going to see that success. You're going to be three feet from gold at one right. point. Like your mindset is, can I dig that extra three feet to get there? Mm -hmm. Or if you don't have the strong mental game, you're the guy who's selling for pennies while the guy who has it is now swimming in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just having that ability to push through those barriers because they're going to come right. and it's going to be created in your brain. Like a lot of the things that stop you that I, for me, that have stopped me and I'm saying you, but speaking for me is I stop myself, right? So I, I get to a point and I talk myself out of things. Mm -hmm. And everything that I've figured out is I'm fabricating everything. <laughs> right. So if I can make these negative thoughts, yeah. I can figure out a way to get around sure. them. And that's where mindset comes mm -hmm. in. So what's, what's something that you've learned to do to keep yourself from talking you yourself out of, out of action? What's interesting is one of the things that's helped is I listen and I'll just listen for, um, just what's going on, but I listen for like what exactly is is happening to me at the moment. Yeah. Like, is it is it really that I don't feel like doing this, or is it the person who's maybe might talk shit on a Instagram feed or whatever it may be, um, or is it the fact you know what I I need to work more, right? Is it is it really the coach who isn't playing me, or maybe is it is it me? Right. So it's listening to what the actual voice is saying to me inside. And most of the time it's something that I can change. Mm -hmm. And if I can change it and I can control that piece, my input, I could probably manipulate what the output's yeah. going to be. Yeah. I love it. I had a previous guest on and named Joe Koo. And that was his tip that he left us at the end was, you know, 
take three days and just question everything that you think. Yeah. Not, not from a, not from being just, just purely say, huh, huh I had that thought. Where, well, why is that? Where did that come from? Right. And absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's like, and a lot of, and for me, it was a lot of having control and, and it's control the controllable and you can't control things. And I, and I like to think about it that I, I can control things, maybe not directly. Like I can't control other people, but I can control what I put into yeah. it. And most of and I can control what's in my, what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer that what you think becomes your reality. I've lived it my whole life through, and that's a whole nother discussion, right. but I've lived it my whole life through just hitting the rock bottom and coming back and things like that. And the more you, the, what you're thinking gets you what you want. So you actually have a lot more control over things than you think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kevin, thank you so much for making time for me. We're on opposite coast. I'm on the West coast. You're on the East coast. Yeah. It's far later for you than it is for me. Um, for folks that are really interested in what you had to say in pro athlete Academy, where can they catch up with you? Where can they find you out there in the world? Yeah. So the podcast is everywhere you listen to podcasts. So it's pro athlete Academy podcast, um, Instagram and everything's always at pro athlete Academy. And then if you are interested in working with me um, and jumping into, we have a community, a little off a private community that we run um, that's off Facebook. It's on a different um, application. If you head over to proathleteacademy.com that has our newsletter and all the information you guys can get there. Um, or always just feel free, shoot me, shoot me an email at hello at proathleteacademy.com. Awesome. Really appreciate the conversation. Love your take on mindset and I love your story. It's a great story. And uh, just to have the opportunity for you to be on here and share it uh, did me good. And I know it'll do my listeners uh, good as well. So blessings to you, my brother. That was a pleasure. Thanks for having us. I am very, very grateful for the conversation that I had with Kevin Gilroy from Pro Athlete Academy. And his mindset tip was absolute gold, absolute fire. And he described mindset as being able to stay focused on the goal in the face of adversity. Now, I'll say that is a aspect of mindset. That is something that you want a upgraded or your upgraded mindset to be able to do. So I really like how he zeroed in on that and just really succinctly stated it that if he was going to be part of you know what I do in the way that I use the language, uh, how do you know when you have an upgraded mindset? Well, you'll know when you're able to stay a laser focused on the goal in the face of adversity. Because the reality is life is full of adversity. We are in the midst of COVID-19. Some places in the world right now are coming out of it that are opening up. I'm still in a part of the world where we're being tentative, we're being cautious in terms of how we get back to quote unquote what normal life was. Who knows what the new normal is going to be for us coming out of COVID-19. But that's a great context backdrop for that idea of I have all kinds of goals coming into 2020. And I got to be honest, COVID-19 threw a monkey wrench in all of that. But being able to stay focused, like Kevin Gilroy talks about, on the goal 
in the face of adversity is definitely something that I align with. It's something that I incorporate in the work that I do with people as a life coach when it comes to upgrading their mindset. And again, my foundation for coaching people to create the upgraded life is going to be founded on the upgraded mindset. And for me, mindset is about core values, affirmations, in your inner vision. When those three things are tuned in and upgraded, you will have the mindset aspect that Kevin Gilroy described. You will have the ability to stay focused on goals in the face of adversity. I've been blessed by the conversation with Kevin Gilroy and everything that he has connected to Pro Athlete Academy. I truly pray that you all that have listened to this also, we're, we're equally blessed. That's always my goal. I don't want to waste anybody's time. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to invade, waste the time of the gracious guests that I have that are taking time away from their lives to be on this podcast. And I want it to be you know, three points of value for me as the host, for them as the interview, and ultimately for you as listeners. So if you found value in this exchange that I had with Kevin Gilroy, let us know. Go over to our uh, websites. Show us love there. Go over to our podcasts. Leave us comments about this specific episode. Uh, leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. All of those things, as you know, are wind in the sails of podcasters. So if that's you, show us some love. Go do some of those things. Subscribe to our podcasts.